0: Hang Dude, there that's Smiley Kaufman for 61! Wow. I'm Smiley
1: Kaufman, and this is the Smiley Show. Happy New Year, everybody! Uh, it is 2024, of course, and we're back with a brand new episode of the Smiley Show. Uh, he's, of course, Smiley Kaufman. I'm Charlie Hume. He is out in Hawaii covering the century to start the year. Um, you know what? Something we we hadn't really talked about too much, but I'm curious. I keep seeing all these people on, on social media with the the ins and outs for 2024. And I'm curious if you've made any notable New Year's resolutions or in-out lists for the new year that you're looking to kind of stick to and work on as we... Not to put you on the spot there too much, but
0: what do you got for Oh, us? gosh. Well, first off, mahalo. Uh, <laughs> as you can see, I upgraded my studio with my nice... Nice little artwork here, uh, here in here in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, no, happy, uh, happy to start the new year ins and outs. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to read more this year. That's mm. one of the things I'm going to try to do. Um, yeah, I think that's probably like the number one thing that's in for me right now. Maybe try to be a little bit better about working out on the road and eating healthier yeah, a bunch of like lame mid dad stuff. You know what I am talking about? Like, this isn't. I am not gonna just wow you away talking about. Oh, I want to jump out of a plane, or you know, I want to, I want to go scuba diving. Yeah, I am. I am gonna keep it pretty nice and safe, nice and even keel. You know, n- no stress dad stuff because that for me, keeping the stress out of the day is important for the dad life. So we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna continue on, making sure that we just keep everything nice and even keel.
1: I, I it's funny because I had such a similar discussion with, with my wife last night who wants us to write lists of things we're gonna do this year and exchange them and hold each other accountable. And I was like, honestly, I just I just I just want to kind of do everything I did last year a little bit better. Just kind of status quo. Um she told me like if you put play more golf on that list I'm going to kill you so I'm just going to keep that one in my head dude you uh, played too one's... much
0: golf you played too much golf in 2023 you 100% have a problem like I really think that you played <laughs> a little bit too much golf last year and there's no doubt about uh that that you had the bug and and maybe you should uh spend a little bit more time at home charlie and play a little bit less golf <laughs>
1: <laughs> or or if I take my son out on the golf course. By the way, oh, shout out to the, There you go. There you go. The, 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 uh, <laughs> I uh, think the, uh, a lot of people have seen this on Instagram. The the Kid Caddy, the little golf stroller deal, the attachment yeah, you can yeah. put on. You sent me a picture of that. He he sent one to me. I've I've been using it here in Florida. It's amazing. Uh everybody go check that out if you're a dad trying to like buy yourself some golf time with a significant other. You want to get your kid out on the golf course. Uh big fan of that attachment. I also I was thinking about this and I was I really enjoyed being a Grinch in December, like refusing to put up Christmas decorations, um, you know, kind of not helping my wife decorate the tree. And I think I'm just going to extend that into 2024. I think I'm going to be like harder to deal with this year, um, more of a, of a pain in everybody's ass. Like, I, I think that's where I want to kind of start. That's the type of energy I want to bring right right off the bat into the new year. Like, let, no, let's not even build up to it. Let's just come right out of the gate with, with that sort of vibe. Love so I uh, yeah, love that. Love that for me. Um, they, look, there a lot happened while we were gone, of course, like as is the case in, in golf there. You know, we had a deal extended that the the framework deal, PGA Tour and PIF. We had OWGR point distribution changes, uh, a whole host of different things. Um, but one of, of late that, that kind of has been the topic du jour is is, is Rory's appearance on the stick to football podcast where he had some, you know, I guess, interesting question, or interesting comments, I would say, for anyone who has been charting Rory's thoughts and, and, and public comments on live over the past few years. Um, so, you know, rather than me read these off, uh, I, I'd like to just kind of play some of these clips for us to watch and react to. And, and I'd encourage everyone to go, you know, like 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 anything these days, there is a full context to everything Rory's saying. And so if you're interested in these comments, like I would go watch the interview in full, Um, and, you know, sick to football podcasts on YouTube. It's hosted by uh, three, three former footballers. I don't know if they're full-time hosts or not, but Gary Neville, former Manchester United player, Jamie Carricker, former Liverpool player, Roy Keane, former United player, and then Ian Wright, a former Arsenal player. So pretty, pretty it's, cool group. It's hard there.
0: not to hear Gary Neville's name, like how you say it, not in Martin Tower's voice. <laughs> <laughs> that, that hits I've, so hard for anyone who played too much fifa in, i played in the entirely <laughs> too much fifa and I, I just picture that dark room my house 12 <laughs> you know i'm supposed to be in bed and i'm just grinding on uh season regular season mode and i got martin tyler just
1: carrying <laughs> <laughs> up my, dialing me in. in. Maybe a little Roy Keane for you, too. I, 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 maybe that was a little bit after his time. Definitely Paul Scholes should have yeah. been, been in the mix there. Uh, but that's great. So, yeah, so there was four of them sitting down with, for a chat with Roy. So the the first clip we'll, we'll, t- we'll listen to here is, is maybe the one that got – the most headlines, uh, just talking about um, the, the flaws that Rory thinks that, that Liv exposed in the tour. In a way,
2: what Liv has done, it's really it's exposed flaws in the system of, of what golf has, because we're all supposed to be independent contractors and we can sort of basically pick and choose what tournaments we want to play. But I think what Liv and the, the Saudis have exposed is, OK, well, if you have, you know, a tour and you're going and you're asking sponsors for millions of dollars to sponsor these events and you're not able to guarantee those sponsors the players that are going to show up Mm. you know it's very hard it it, I can't believe they've done so well for so long so it's actually exposed some flaws in the system that hopefully golf will have a look at more okay well if we're going to ask these people for so much money we need to be able to guarantee them what they're getting and I think that was part of the stuff that we've been trying to do for the last two years to figure out okay how can we basically try and bring the thing back together again and 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 learn from some of the things that have happened and some of the stuff that live has has exposed and,
1: and before i get your reaction to that smile there's another one that was also making headlines just talking about the the piff's financial might uh that was it was a headline maker so let me play this one for you as well and then we can get react to both these clips
2: competition is good right it it, it makes people um but at the same time i think with the PJ Tour trying to compete with Live and the Saudis' money is, like, completely unsustainable. Mm. They can't do that. They just... It's not... You know, you're never going to win a fight if you're just, you know, money for money because mm. I think we've seen in all sport, like, there's no one spending like the Saudis. So how can you... How can you tilt the odds in your favour so that you can make your product better, that you can make fans want to engage more with, with what you're doing? I think that's how the PGA Tour can, I, I don't want to say win this fight mm-hmm. because, you know, there's negotiations going on and everyone trying to come back together, which I think would be good for golf. Um, but it it put the PGA Tour in a position where they had to spend a lot of money that maybe put them on a path that was that was unsustainable. And now you're seeing some sponsors are pulling out because the Tour are asking for so much money. And the sponsors are like, we can't, you know, we can't afford that we can't afford it we can't you know asking us to pay 20 25 million an event to to sponsor this thing i mean it's you know if they're not seeing the value in it mm-hmm. and they're not seeing, okay well if you can guarantee me that the top 50 guys are going to come and play in my event that week then fine but if you can't guarantee me that then i'm not going to give
1: you that money so just we saw these poll quotes floating around twitter screenshot on instagram you know the past couple of days uh just your thoughts or reaction to what Rory's saying there
0: well <sighs> I mean, me and you can have a general discussion about this because it's, you know, it is anything that Rory has said over the last year and a half. Right. I mean, I think for for six to nine months, you know, we're we're praising, you know, Rory for for taking the stand. Right. Like he was the one uh, fighting for the PGA Tour on behalf of the players and he was playing some dang good golf while he was doing it. So he was just the balancing act that he was that that he was pulling off last year playing. It's just such such incredible golf. Not last year. I guess that would have been um, the prior year. I don't know. It's been going well, on it's for kind a while. Of
1: two years extended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and he's still won tournaments in there. So I, I see your point. It's it's actually, you know, I think the people that have critiqued his form failed to, to look at the burden that he carried in that span of time.
0: Well, I, I think just the general timeline, just what you refer to. You can kind of see where he kind of hit the brakes of like, okay, this is it's just too much for me. Because, I mean, I remember walking down the fairways with him in Canada the week after it went down. And so he he just looked like a ghost of himself, just totally. He looked so shocked at what happened. He he just and was so surprised of it all and i had had i had heard rumors he had left the board at that point and that wasn't out yet and now he had obviously he left the board however many months later um so he did stick it out for a little longer but at that point i did hear that he he said you know what i'm i'm done uh with this like this is this i'm out and that eventually he he eventually did get to that tipping point where he eventually did leave the board and jordan stepped in so all that to say it's really hard to play golf and, and to balance, you know, these, these high level negotiations that these players are having to deal with. Now I, I feel terrible for Jordan. I feel terrible for Charlie Hoffman, the everybody on the board, you know, because it's, they're, they're not equipped to, to handle these high business uh, conversations. And, and Cantley, I guess is another, um, I mean, you, you may think you're really smart, but really, I mean, that. the, the job for them as 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 members of the board was to to obviously put themselves in the possession best position as the players representing the players for the PGA Tour so that they felt like they were getting the right representation and that the tour would be you know correctly moving forward that in the eyes of the way the players wanted it to move and as we get into that direction now it's you, you start to wonder it's 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 like there's a there's a missing piece here for the the tour players it's they need a team captain for them somebody that is very business savvy that does this for a living for instance they they should have gone and hired somebody a long time ago to represent them in these negotiations and then report back to them because it's it's so hard for these players they they have a ton of say and how, what's going to happen with the tour. Maybe that's why they're so heavily involved is that they're reshaping the way this is going to go and getting the seats
1: correct or they have more power. I, I think the point you make about the guys on that policy board is such a good one. And it didn't really even hit me like this until I heard something on PGA tour radio this week, Charlie Hobbin was on with, with gravy and the Sles, And he was just talking about how, it was difficult on his golf game, obviously, because of the the time constraint of, of doing those those meetings. Right. But even when he would go to the course to get his work in, he's on the range and everyone wants to come up to him and get an update on yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And so it's like even when you're you know, you have less time to do your work, and even when you show up to do your work, there are additional you know burdens being placed on you to gather information. So players are informed. So, you know, that whole thing is is. You know, I I can't imagine what a burden that was. And specific to Rory, I mean, you could go back and listen to the first podcast we did reacting to this framework deal. And one of the first things we said was, golly, I, I mean, I can't imagine what mental state Rory is in at that point. He's got to be livid because he's been basically asked in a lot of ways to be the poster child for the PGA Tour and, and kind of trotting out all the points you know, defending the tour and saying live something that you know we're, we're never going to do. And then all of a sudden, there's this 180 of sorts saying this is a this is someone we're going to partner with. Um I thought the interesting thing, even in those ensuing months, and maybe this was because of the language that was included in that initial framework deal where it was like the live was going to fold into the PGA tour that. Jay Monahan was going to oversee live, you know, he would have the authority to potentially disband live that Rory was maybe looking at that and saying, I, we're doing this on, on the PGA tours terms rather than lives terms. Well, of course, even that has changed in the last few months, especially with the John Rahm, a huge piece of leverage shifting over to the piff side and, and to live. Um, so to me, a lot of these comments struck me as, rory kind of trying to pave a way back you know that that you know pending the outcome of this deal live could continue to exist and it may be a thing that he might you know want to or have to play in to fill out a full calendar a playing calendar each year on that topic i thought it was interesting because jamie Kerriger asked him something of that ilk and and let's listen to his response about you know whether or not he'd want to play live if that was an option that was presented going forward if they do come together, what? Why would you not then be, be part of
2: of live? So and, I think and, it's and get the you know sort of like the finances that these other players are getting, which is astronomical. Well, I think you would in the end because if if live are so the thing that I that I've come to realize is okay if you've got people or a sovereign wealth fund wanting to spend money in your sport, ultimately that's a good thing. But you just want to maybe get them to spend it the right way and to spend it on things that, that are important in the game. So um, instead of giving someone $100 million, why don't you put $50 million into a grassroots program for the RNA or the USGA so that you can actually help whenever they say growing the game, You know, spending that money elsewhere to actually grow the game and not just try to buy talent, I think is, would be a way better um, way
1: to, to spend that money. So this one was interesting to me because I think to be fair to Rory, he's been consistent throughout about if we can get this money into the game in a way that works for us and, and, and that you know plays within the current ecosystem of golf, we should try to do that because it's a lot of money. It can help us in a lot of ways. What struck me there was him effectively saying to Jamie Carragher, yeah, like if, if this comes together, I would play live golf. I'm wondering how that hits you or if you felt similarly in hearing his answer.
0: Yeah, and there's there's definitely
1: some ah, some minute. quotes I, I, that can, he had in the you past. Me, you, you dropped. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. you. Okay, sorry, sorry. I just I wanted to stop you before you got too far in, but you, you can just yep. do a pickup okay. wherever you want to on on that prompt. Okay. Yeah.
0: There's definitely some quotes that he had in the past about about live golf and say if, if it was the last place in the world that he could put play professional golf, he wouldn't he wouldn't do it. So the problem that we're dealing with with Rory is that he made these very on the edge statements about how much he disdains live golf, you know, that that's really tough to come back from. So I I think there's been a lot of players that have, you know, made some really tough statements, you know, John Rahm had a little bit of backtracking, but not nearly as much as Rory when it comes to live golf and how much he really hates it, you know, and I think players and made comments about the greed and the players taking the money. And I think more so they, they were more frustrated about the players talking about how they're, you know, growing the game and, and but really it's just, you know, the money that they, they were after. So I think that was one of the things I like Shane Lowry mentioned saying, mm-hmm. it's just kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. how you could take all the, all the money and then say that, Hey, this is, this is why we're doing this where we're growing the game. So that's, that kind of circles back to what Rory just talked about with, um, yeah, I mean, it would be awesome if all the money that the Saudis have would would help um, and grow the game. I hate that that term, but yes, I mean, if if it was spent properly, great. That that would be amazing. But it in itself, it I think when these quotes came out, kind of similar to when Live Golf in the PGA Tour had the random merger thing that came up on TV that one day that were just like, this can't be real. So I had the same feeling same. when I read these quotes on on uh, Twitter, uh, earlier this week with, with Rory's quotes about live golf. And you're just like, what, like what happened? You know, like how did we get here? Because I-, I never would have imagined that he would ever like come like towards the middle in all this. And he's, he's been slowly working his way back there. And just, I was really surprised that he, that he supported John Rob's decision. Um, maybe, you know, maybe he's hearing things that I'm not, but to me it, uh, it like Phil Mickelson kind of chimed in a little bit as well even last week talking about how you know the golf fan i think the the, the tweet was in regards to how the golf fan has been the one who's lost the most in all of this and and Phil said just give it give it give it time you know like it we'll all be back playing together once again and Uh, maybe Rory's upset that that Rom made the decision and he took the money and and he's like man I probably could have took the money and and really turned this thing upside down and still been able to double dip but listen I I just don't see how still that these these two are going to be able to merge and I know there's still going to be uh some some issues with with the merger and and all the monopoly type stuff that I we we don't have no idea how any of that stuff works we're gonna have to get another antitrust lawyer on to explain (laughs) it all but to me i think there's there's players that make a case that you know they have they had lit offers that they didn't take there's plenty of players that did like how how are you going to be able to make this fair um and it seems like this this new this new company that the pga tour pga tour enterprises you know giving these players equity in the pga tour seems to be what's going to tip this thing because the value and having equity in the PGA tour that's you know the value of of what seems to be a a billion multi-billion dollar company is you know that that seems to be you know ha- have a lot of money involved especially for some of these players like Tiger Woods and Rory that are gonna have higher equities than a lot of the other PGA tour players but as we kind of you know look to see what 2025 looks like and and um, all the different issues that we're that we're dealing with right now and you hope to see these players back playing together but still there's still a lot to figure out and how the two sides are going to marry and and mesh back into playing all in the same golf course again
1: and kind of to some of those points i think that Rory and, and again, you should go check out the full podcast the, the section really from like seven minutes, like 14 or 15 minutes hits on all the live stuff. And, you know, Rory is complimentary of John Rom's business savvy for kind of picking this time, but also kind of says, yeah, we're feeling like we're getting close on a deal. And, and I don't think Rory says these things the way he said them. You know, this has been such a embittered, passionate sort of, you know, you call it a feud in some ways on, on both sides, but really has been. Contentious in a lot of ways for a number of months and years, and so to hear Rory said, you know, say what he said, you know, I, I was as shocked as as you were, you know, saying, could, could this really be him? Two quotes that I saw from the live side of things that would also indicate that we might be getting closer to some form of resolution um, on that side, because it, it's obviously been, you know, you could call it a feud of sorts. The last few months and, and years, really, from both sides taking shots um, and two guys who have not been shy about that are Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman. I want to read you two things they said in response to Rory's comments uh, on Twitter. So here's Phil. He says and he's quote tweeting um, the excerpt that Rory talk, talking about live exposing the flaws in the system of golf right now. He says this quote and the many others made today by Rory probably weren't easy to say. Let's not use this as an opportunity to pile on. Rather, it's time for me and others to let go of our hostilities and work towards a positive future. Rom signing is turning into a bridge to bring both sides together, as evidenced by the many comments today and a month ago about changing the rules for the Ryder Cup so John and others can play. So let's use it as such. Until an agreement is reached, it will be business as usual for both sides, but hopefully without the needless disdain. So that's from Phil Mickelson, who has not been shy about taking shots at the tour on Twitter. And then this is... Greg Norman on that's a nice been in a while, right? A, a long while, a long, long while. <laughs> what a, and so and
0: what a, what a kind message, you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little morsel from Phil. He's like that. Yeah. Maybe that's his new year's resolution. We'll say, and, and to continue this, like, so here's Greg Norman on, on lives fairway to heaven podcast. It, it's his reaction to Rory's comments. Happy new year golf. That's my reaction. I've got to be honest with you. I'm very appreciative of, of what Rory said. It's been a painful couple of years. What we have done is be consistent. Our narrative has been consistent. Our delivering mechanism has been consistent. The reason I say I appreciate Rory to fall on his sword to some degree is the fact that he did judge us by not knowing the facts. He judged us on other people's thoughts and opinions. We wanted to sit down from day one with them to completely make them understand the value of the live footprint, business model, and impact it has and can, and can make on the game of golf. I say, hey, thank you, Rory. We all knew it was going to work within the golf ecosystem. We all want to be there. We are, all, we are going to be there. To me, this is a significant turning point for everybody. I mean, and his takes a few jabs at Rory in there, but I mean, from Phil and Norman, like this is obviously the nicest we've heard them <clears throat> in months, and coupled with Rory's comments, like it feels like we're getting close to something.
0: Well, I, I, I still, this goes all the way back to the beginning, and the beginning was they didn't take the meeting. If they would have taken the meeting and had, yes. you know. <sighs> The PGA Tour was right for the taking. They're independent contractors, and they thought the PGA Tour would stand alone, and all the players were would be happy to to carry the flag of the legacy of of what it means to play on the PGA Tour and to be a legend in the game. People quickly realized that that wasn't the case. You know, if you start throwing some crazy millions of dollars at players, they're like, you know what? I can work for less. I can play. You uh, could still play the majors for the most part. For some of the guys, other players were taking risk. But still, the the amount of money and, and you know, you could argue that some of them, even if they played well on the PGA Tour, wouldn't have matched what they would have made in this these live golf contracts. And, and still, even what these players are making per year on the live golf tour is ridiculous. So as we kind of look at this now that what you just talked about with Phil and just a potential merger as we get closer, you know, it's it's sad that. That were, I think, what annoyed the golf viewer was that nobody really cared about the Live Golf Tour. And I thought the article that Dylan wrote the other day on golf.com talking about how, you know, the PJ Tour has always been great about, like, you, you can be a young player and you can become a superstar. The Live Golf Tour is not that way. Like, they haven't produced any superstars and the model itself i'm just tired of of hearing about how live golf is going to change the game well well maybe what they've done is they've just changed the way how the pga tour and the golf ecosystem is going to operate moving forward and if that's if that creates a better product for us moving forward then great but the last two years of listening to how this is how team golf is going to change the way like the, the golf world is going to exist. I, I just have a hard time believing. I think it's always going to be in an exhibition format with a, just a, you know, something to keep an eye on. It's not something that you live and die on of, of this team is going to win a championship. It, it I just don't think people will ever care enough about the team concept. I, do I think it can exist? Sure. But I don't think I, I, th- I still think 72 holes in championships at places where you know, Jack Nicholas has won and Arnold Palmer and, and the legends of the game, the the stuff that we thought would keep players there. You know, that that to me is what's going to eventually be the king of what holds golf together, which is, you know, winning at at iconic venues, you know, that that we have on the on the PGA tour. So getting those players to eventually come back great. They've just got to figure out how they're going to do it with the private equity that that now is going to be involved and maybe the piff will be involved too as a minority um investor as well so wow i mean it it's it's a mess we could talk about this all day but <laughs> to me it's you know i i still think you know in a best in a in a best world that we live in it's you know like rory talked about earlier can we can we get all of the top tour players from the live and the pga tour playing at the same time eight to ten times a year plus the majors great perfect let's do that and then team golf in the fall, great. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, and, and I mean, when I think about this, and, and I could easily be proved wrong on this point, but this the live feels a lot to me, um, maybe not in terms of the, the profile of the player, but the original XFL. You know, obviously the the original XFL did not have NFL caliber players, but what it came in was. You know, we're going to do different rules and and nicknames on the back of the jerseys and, and a different colored football and, and we're going to you That's know it's the same NFL, yeah the nfl blitzification of, of football you know and, 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 it, and it was cool and kind of caught people's you know intrigue and interest early on and then after a while it's like this product just isn't as compelling as nfl football so we're not going to watch this but what happened was the nfl borrowed a lot of things from that original iteration of the XFL that had a ton of staying power in the league for years to come. And you're still a part of, of the NFL's product. And I I think that, you know, to give live a little bit of credit, you know, they're, they're forcing, they have forced some of that change. Now, the thing that I still want to see is, it feels like the most change they forced is in player compensation, you know, and, 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 Hey, we're spending a ton of money on this. So we're driving up what you have to spend on your players to keep them on the PGA tourists. don't come over here. What I love to see is how does this trickle down into fan enjoyment you know and, and and really kind of rewarding the people who are watching the sport and who are you know because you know, i think the two and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later in the episode but just you know uh, the sponsors and the fans right now are kind of taking it on the chin um and i know people don't want to hear about these big corporations these big sponsors but i mean if they're doing this to be charitable and now they're saying we can't do that anymore because the margins are shrinking that's a huge problem so um like I said, we'll, we'll come back to that later. I just want one other reaction I, I want to get uh, on the cards is uh, some things never change. Brooks Kepka tweeted uh, uh, the, the GIF of Kermit sipping tea response. I love, I love Kermit GIFs. So that always it's good. plays. it's, it's good. <laughs> it's it's on brand and it is that is Brooks Kepka for you. So before we kind of come back to you know you and i have talked uh off air just sketching out like what does the tour look like going forward in 2025 you know whether it's with or without a live component and, and we'll discuss that later in the episode but now like look we're, we're finally here we have a new tour season we have real legit legitimate golf being played and you know to kind of kick off the year i think we wanted to run through what's going to happen on the golf course this year make some kind of predictions and storylines we're going to be paying attention to and, and guys on the rise and so with, with that said, I feel like the, the first place to start is talking about some major winning predictions in 2024. And obviously the first major on the cards is first week first week of April, the Masters. So I'll just kick it over to you here, Smiley. What, what, what are you thinking, what are you predicting is going to happen uh, in Augusta, Georgia here uh, in, in a few months? Uh, I think Scotty Sheffield is going to get his second Ooh. green jacket. OK,
0: um, I like that. I I I, I say Scotty because I think he's going to be contending in all four of the majors. That's yeah. just I, I would be surprised to not see him near the top of the leaderboard in every single one of them, similar to what we saw with Brooks Koepka for that long span of it felt like four to five years where every time you, you looked at the leaderboard, even on Thursday in the morning or the afternoon, whenever he teed off his name was in the in the little mini leaderboard split on the bottom right corner of the, of the screen. And that is what we're going to see. Yeah, I think the thing with Scotty, I mean, I just don't see this train stopping. You know, I think like we saw with Brooks Kepka, just the bottom right corner of that leaderboard for every single major, he was in the top five every single time you looked, but we saw Brooks there. And that's what I expect to see with Scotty Schauffler for many years to come. I mean, at least three or four years, I just feel like he's in prime peak mode of, I mean he's we saw the consistency the last couple of years and now he's got this added um this this putting that I think is gonna continue to improve, right? And that's all we talked about. If he can just be averaged a little better than average, he's gonna win tournaments by multiple shots. So I, I think Scotty could be a two-time major champion this year. I don't think it's too bold to say, but um yeah, and what what say Ooh. you on on your major champions?
1: Well, I, I gotta say I gotta say on the Scotty piece, like the, the limited glimpse we got into Whatever the new putting was going to be looked really good for three of the four rounds. And in the fourth round, when it wasn't as good, it was because he had such a large lead that it really didn't matter as much anyway. And he still got the job done and won the tournament. So look, limited field, but best players in the world. First time out was something like I, you know, he's, he's only had more time to keep working on it. And if the putting is above average this year, and the ball striking stays where it was last year, like it's a wrap. I mean, two, two might be conservative in terms of major predictions. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zag a little bit off your predictions. Like, you know, my heart wants to say this is the year that Rory McIlroy gets it done at Augusta. But I, I think I'm going to go out there. He's, he's uh, plus 2,100 odds right now. I, I think Cam Smith. I like Cam Smith this year because I think he came. He's played well here, played well here for a number of years. I think the last two years he played well here during the, the, the COVID Masters, the Dustin Johnson Masters. And then obviously the, the year uh, he was kind of chasing Scotty Scheffler down the stretch and then hit a ball in the water. and kind of collapsed there on Sunday. Um, last year showed up and kind of admitted, said, I haven't really been working as hard this offseason as maybe I should have. Um, I think he, you know, I wonder show, why. <laughs> Can anyone point to you know a few reasons or maybe a hundred million reasons as to why he might not have been working as hard? I don't know. I don't know. Someone's gonna have to chime in in the comments. Uh, but I think that um you know, and, and then he it seemed like he had a pretty solid season, played well at some majors, and then had that like epic collapse at the Australian PGA, and that's the the last taste that was left in his mouth of professional golf this season. And I just feel like maybe that kind of kicks him in a gear a little bit. Of saying, you know what, I want to come out and show people that I'm still one of the best, you know, five, ten players in the world. And what better place to do it than at the masters where he's played well and contended in years past and like gets it done for a first green jacket. So okay. that's my master's pick.
0: Um, uh, I'm here for that. I, I yeah. I, I don't think I'll probably be able to to give you all four of mine because uh for each major, I I, I think I'm more looking to like give you Maybe okay. some like who's the Victor Hovland of last year? Like who's the breakout star? Um, like, maybe comeback player of the year like that. That's kind of it's hard to predict all four majors, right? Like that's, I think you that's can, fair. You could play the because like, for instance, like Cam Smith, I'm not buying the stock that you're selling. Like I'm I'm selling okay. Smith's stock. Uh, OK, well,
1: well, if we're just doing kind of general major pool, then the, the two names that I want to throw in there, then for any of them are uh, Ludwig O'Bear and Max Homa. Yeah. Like I I, I think great. this is gonna be I think this is gonna be the year of Max Homa. I think like we talked to him a couple months ago when he was like my swing is getting more and more dialed in. He's been sharing swing video on on social media, which is a surefire way to tell the guy <laughs> is in love with with his action right now. And I think we've talked, you know, extensively to Ludwig, and honestly, he could fall into multiple categories here that we're gonna discuss. But I think like I think he could win a major this year. And and I think, so let's just, let's kind of go from there. Like, do you want to do a player of the year off of this, you know, kind of talk here, or do you think that's going to be Scotty based on your. first?
0: Yeah, I, I would, I would still bet on Scotty. So (laughs) Uh, that's any, any like best player of the world conversations is going to start and end with Scotty for me. You know, as I look at the, you know, just really just the world golf ranking, you know, like last year, Victor Hovland was the guy that was kind of making a, making a move, obviously had an incredible year. Wyndham Clark, a player that's now in the top 10 in the world. You know, who's making those jumps talking about a player that, that sticks out for me is, and we've had him on the show and we've, we've been buying stock for a long time. And that's for me, Min Lee.
1: I knew it. I I just,
0: I think he's going to be a breakout star on the PGA tour this year. I think people around the world knows who he is, but I think he's going to be more of a household name by the end of the year. I mean, he's already sitting at 33rd in the world and it wouldn't surprise me to see him back in the, you know, somewhere in that top 10 range at the end of the year. I think that's, how good of a player that Minwoo is.
1: I, I totally agree. Like in looking at this breakout star category that we talked about, you know, Minwoo was an obvious one. I mean, Ludwig, you could already say is a star and, and that's not news to anybody, you know, but, but in a way it's like, he's, he's kind of maybe in the middle of his breakout right now. And if he can right. kind of put a stamp on some stuff he's done already at the beginning of this year, he's probably in that category. And then another guy, and it's funny if you're looking right in that and that sort of grouping in the official world golf rankings, another name that pops to me is to hit the gala, you know, getting oh, yeah. his first there win of go. Fortinet and, and, and maybe. And, and, you know, it's kind of like he won that event and then he wasn't on the Ryder Cup team or anything. And, and I don't know that he played a ton of other events in the fall. Maybe he did and I just didn't, you know, notice. But I think that's a guy that, you know, now he's got that's the confidence of that first one yeah. under the belt maybe he has a big year wins a couple times on tour this year he certainly has the game for it so um one so that, one, that, one
0: sneaky one I'll throw at you as well and and he's I wouldn't even call him a breakout guy because he's just so under the radar but he's so good at golf um and there's two really that come to mind um one is Sepp Straka, the other's Russell mm. Henley. i think two players that that are they're already in a good spot i mean they're they're both you know right around yeah, they're both top 25 in the world but you know, nobody really talks about Seth. Dude, he's 18th in the world. And, dude, he's he's just solid, man. If you go watch him play and you go watch him swing the golf club, it's just effortless, effortless, effortless. And uh, I think he's getting more and more confident. Uh, I think the experience at the Ryder Cup is going to be important for him because he's a guy that could pick off a major championship uh, because he has the game to do it. Uh, hits a lot of fairways, hits a lot of greens, is a streaky, you know, putter at times. But really, I mean... You kept you catch Sep when he's hot. He's gonna be tough to beat, and he's a he's a guy that I would say look out at major championships this year because I think he could pick one off.
1: I, I keep banging the drum of bad nicknames, calling him the microwave because the man gets so so hot when he gets hot. <laughs> I know he's the ox, but in, in my small little heart, he's he's the microwave. Yeah. Uh, so do you care to throw a little rookie of the year pick at us? I, I've been looking for like a sheet of rookies, and it's kind of tough yeah. to tell who's gonna play well. But who who do you like in that in that department? Uh, Jake Knapp interesting yeah I
0: think he's gonna be a top 50 player in the world by the end of the year
1: wow yeah and why
0: this kid's a stud I mean just absolute stud came out of UCLA uh, he's he's got tons of speed I mean just effortless club speed at 120 plus I mean the guy absolutely hammers it didn't he never missed really a cut on the corn Ferry tour took him a while to kind of get going in professional golf but I think he's got all the talent in the world. And I really do think he's going to be like one of those players early in the year that plays his way in the swing five. We're going to see him at signature events. I'm telling you, I think he's going to be a breakout star. Um, he's my pick.
1: And, and he's, he's not exactly in the mold of Eric Cole, but he's trending more in that direction than some of the younger guys. Cause he's 29. So, you know, maybe kind of, he's a, you know, modern. Fun.
0: He's, a yeah. he's a, he's got the modern game. He's a little, little older, but I think a little more seasoned. Uh, yeah. he's, he's He's been Help. around professional golf for quite some time. He's just got a great golf swing. I, I really haven't seen him play a ton besides just watching his career. And I just know that he's got a ton of talent, just hasn't broken out yet.
1: Mine is like somewhat of a front runner pick, um, but... Every time I've seen this guy play, I'm like, this guy's going to be so good when he gets starts on the PGA tour. And that's Adrian Demont they you know, played really well in the Cornbury tour this last year and graduated. When he, when he, when he, you know, he's at Illinois in college played really well there every time I saw him play. And so I think it's, again, a a lot of people are are on that train already. Um, But that's a guy where I feel like, you know, now he's going to get some tour starts and, and, you know, especially in some of these fields where you're having the opportunity to play your way into that, next 10 swing five sort of category. He's a guy that stands out to me that could play really well this year. So to kind of round things out here. Maybe one, you know, we saw Ricky Fowler last year, uh, win at the rocket mortgage, you know, obviously a, the, a comeback player of the year in a lot of people's minds, anyone that maybe fits that mold this year for you.
0: Yeah. It's gotta be Justin Thomas, right? It, JT's yeah. the, the obvious pick here as a player that, didn't have a good year like his worst year on the PJ tour but we've seen three straight top fives from him uh Mm -hmm. he's already started the comeback for him so i I, i'm picking justin uh i think he can play his way back into the top 10 in the world and and i I do think he's gonna win on the PJ tour this year uh whether it's a signature event um but I, i do think he's gonna find his way contending in a major championship as well uh he's just too too talented of a player and i think he's gotten over the hump of what he's working on in his golf swing and his putting. I just think he's, there's finally some ownership there that, you know, it's I've seen, you've seen it. Every, every player has gone through it. Scotty Sheffer's eventually going to go through a slump and, you know, Justin's been through his, and I think he's finally coming out on the other side of it. So I'm going to, I'm going to take JT.
1: I'm going to give you a, buy stock now for this comeback player. And I'm going to give you a buy futures for this, for this player comeback. Okay. So I'm going to give you the futures pick first, which is I think that whenever this whole PIF PGA tour situation gets worked out and there's a reformatted schedule and maybe some of it's international and maybe it's a lighter schedule for guys who choose to go that route. I think Adam Scott's going to have like a career renaissance. Like, I just think that was something where when we were hearing all the rumors around Adam, none of them were money related. They were all, hey, I want to cut down my schedule and spend more time with my family and potentially play more internationally. So I think that if you all of a sudden cater something to a guy's preferences in a way that gives him a chance to pick what he wants to play and try to really play well in those events. I think we could see a real kind of bounce back year of sorts for Adam, who, who, you know, it's not like he's played really poorly the last couple of years, but it's just kind of slowly been moving down the world ranking list as he's been getting older and playing it, you know, and having to play more to play it back his way back into some of these ecosystems. So that's my futures pick. My buy stock now is Maverick McNeely. I think he went through some really wonky medical stuff and he's now on a, on a major medical exemption. And I know he's, he's, you know, fallen a ways down the, the, the world ranking um, world rankings as, as a result of that. But in hearing him talk and he made some starts, um, in the fall, I believe, but was kind of trying to kind of delay things and work things out so he could do it in a way where, you know, he wouldn't lose the medical exemption. Um, I think that this guy, when he's healthy, is one of the best you know putters in the world. I think I think Mav, you know, and this is all contingent on him getting back to where he wants to be. But I I, I think Maverick could could have a nice little comeback here. Maybe not like a JT size comeback here, but yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Way Mine was that top seventies. So. Mine's
0: just going from 26 in the world to 10th in the world, you know, yeah, I
1: was going to say. <laughs> It's a come. We're loosely defining comeback here. Um,
0: yeah, and uh, buy stock, guys. Too, I, I kind of like that little segment. You just kind of we kind of work through there. I, I like that. Buy stock, buy stock, and Alex Fitzpatrick.
1: Oh, are we? We're buying stock now. We're buying futures and Alex. I think. I think maybe buy stock now and Alex. Uh, definitely futures, but I definitely if you want to <laughs> buy some stock now too, I like that. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm quickly realizing uh, why this we're going to have to workshop this buy stock segment a little bit more because neither of us are stock guys. So I'm not really sure what terms I should be using bull market, bear market. We'll, uh, we'll get back to some people who know those things and then define the segment better. And then boom, we're going to have a fully baked segment coming soon on the smiley show. So look forward to that. A couple more things just to kind of close us out. Um, Noted this off the top. 2025 i think you and i have had some talks about just what does that look like going forward and i want to just kind of give the floor to you to talk about some things you feel like are going to be important for the tour and that next evolution of like hey they need to get this thing right uh or this you know this this might not go so well going forward so what are some like important things you know this year to kind of get nailed down as we move forward as a tour
0: well we kind of already touched on all the stuff earlier Mm -hmm. just with the you know the the Fenway group and, and the PIF. And let's, let's just say all those things hold to be true and that they're going to be a part of the PGA tour moving forward, because I think that's step one, you have to take care of the money, you know, because that, that Mm -hmm. itself then gives you opportunities to then create something that's going to be completely new and make the fans and players excited about a new product because if I think the worst thing that could happen next year in 2025 is if they roll out the exact same schedule mm-hmm. that we had in 2024. And I think there really needs to be some changes in eligibility for a PGA Tour card, how many tour cards are given out. And it's going to piss a ton of people off because mm-hmm. really what needs to happen, you need to shrink this elite PGA Tour series. And you need to have... I mean, it's, we've always kind of had these different levels on the PGA tour of, you know, it's like the platinum tour, then you have the silver tour and then the bronze (laughs) tour, you know, we've always had that on the PGA tour and they really need to make it to where exactly what we were talking about with Rory earlier or what he was saying. It's that you can guarantee sponsors that, Hey, this is the PGA tour elite series and they're playing all of these events. And then you have, I wouldn't call it the minor league tour, but like this is, you know, like the the, you're not expected to see these players play in these events that are below that. And maybe you can have a team concept with this elite PGA tour series, because I think that is where I feel like the fans would be most heavily invested. The, the players are definitely going to show up. It's where all the sponsors are going to be pouring their money into these events. And we we already know that there's going to be some, some some money being backed potentially from a minority investment into the public um, me, into the new co but I, I really think that that's one of the things that 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 stands out to me i'm not sure about you as 2025 approaches but uh to me the pj tour has been working towards 2025 but right now that the focus is on securing the money and then from there it's figuring out all right What's the next step? And I think that next step needs to be some pretty serious changes as far as what the schedule and how the tour is going to operate from a FedEx Cup point standpoint. And just eligibility is the amount of players that are going to be on that elite series tour, which is I'm I'm using that elite series is just my own (laughs) name for the tour. Yeah,
1: no, no. Well, I I think the the point you're making is, is, is a good one and a fair one of like, you know, they're you're not going to be able to make everyone happy in whatever the new ecosystem is going to be. And and in the same way that, that you know, the way you're saying you're going to have to shrink the number of tour cards, my mind immediately goes to, you know, but also make sure we're creating pathways for the Ludwig Bears of the world, rare right, as they right. may be, but but keeping those guys happy and, and, you know, I guess theoretically the ecosystem you're talking about includes live. So you're not afraid of leaving those guys behind and worrying about them going somewhere else to play. It's we're all kind of have this, this big thing together. But, yeah, you know, if those things, if, if those two tours join up, you know, it's going to be tricky to kind of keep everybody happy and, and you really will not be able to. Um, I think that's in, isn't that you, crazy, you, quick? This, you know, uh, obviously and, and, and fairly from. Uh, a player standpoint in a lot of ways of you know looking at you know the number of cards and the way the tour is going to be formatted, the schedule, and I think that that's all very valuable insight. I think I kind of look at this from you know the fan standpoint and and how is this all? How are we going to make this all work? So as a compelling product again, and I think a lot of players and I appreciate it have voiced those same concerns. Mackenzie Hughes had a, a long sort of you know, answer about this this week, um, you know, at the Century you know, just of how the fans are kind of getting left behind a lot of this and, and, and him voicing, you know, thoughts on behalf of himself and also a lot of other players where they're like, hey, this we're not all kind of wired this way. Um, so I just, I wonder how all this shakes out going forward to both, you know, cr- create something where everybody's getting the money that they want, you know, in terms of players, um, but also, you know, that 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 creates a compelling product and a product that people want to tune into. And I think that you know, some of this is going to, it's going to come down to players, you know, saying, look, you kind of can't have your cake and eat it too. Like if you want to get paid a ton of money and we're going to do, you know, a, a team concept in the fall, you know, you told us a couple of years ago, you didn't want to play the fall because you want to time off. But now it's like, we're going to need to do these things so that we can have a sponsor pay for it and have a television network pay for it so that we can get that money and put it back into your pockets. And so I think, those are going to be the tricky things to iron out where I think even the, the players that should be the happiest might not be fully happy because it's like, you're making more money, but at what cost? And so I'm just, I, I, there's just so much to iron out and so much to figure out. And I just hope that what happens isn't that, um, sponsors who are trying to do charitable things through the tour and have been trying to do that in the past, get, get sort of run off and you're left with, you know, I don't know who fills that vacuum. Um, Uh, And and then, you know, perhaps most importantly, just that the fan comes out of this feeling like whatever this new product is, it is more compelling. And and it does feature all the best players in the world and the same place competing at the same time, even if some of that is in a normal tournament setting and some of that's in a team setting. So, you know, I I think that's where my head's at as we look forward to 2025. But agreed on your point, we can't just roll out the ball again and say this is same old, same old. I I still would rather be on the PGA, even...
0: Let's say the players that accepted the money on the Live Golf Tour, you know, let, let's use, for example, an Abraham answer. No telling what he got paid. We, we don't really know. Has he played great on that tour? I don't know. Maybe. I, I haven't <laughs> seen his name pop up on the top of the leaderboards a ton. But if I'm in his position, I would be concerned. And I, I use his name as an example just because he's kind of in that middle zone of a, a, used to be a top 50 player, has a lot of talent and could still be playing on the PGA tour and be a top 25 player in the world right now. We don't know, but if I'm him and let's say we head towards some form of merger uh, with the PGA tour where the live tour players are allowed to come back. I think what's going to happen is that the PGA tour is going to be in a way, probably working off sponsors exemptions to getting the live golf tour players to play. Um, and I, I imagine that's going to be limited at some point. There's got to be a cutoff because you can't have 48 players from the live golf tour. It, it's too many players. I think there's going to be a cutoff of maybe eight to 10 live golf players. And that'll be the, you know, the guys that like Bryson, um, it'll be the cam Smiths. It'll be the John ROMs. It'll be the, Taylor, the you, players that, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Taylor, you would think it would be Taylor, yeah. but not a guarantee. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, I would be a little concerned if I'm a middle ground live golf tour player. That how am I getting back? Because I think where they're going to have to start is back at the beginning. I really think that the only way for them to come back and play on the PGA Tour again is is starting uh, through through Q School, starting you know just getting their eligibility back. Because I don't see how they're just going to naturally merge. With all of the live golf tour players, I think there's going to be some players that have a better position than others in all this because I, I don't, I don't see how the PGA tour players are going to be happy about 48 spots being taken up by, you know, arguably, some of the guys are past their prime so at some point, something's got to give because there's only so many spots available at these elite series events that we that we might see. Let's say it's 80 spots uh, mm-hmm. or 70 spots. I mean, if you split 40 and 40, that's that's really, <laughs> you know, that somebody's getting somebody's getting totally. left out there.
1: Right. 100 100 percent. It's almost like if you try to game this out, you're going to have to create a separate category, you know, of, of exemptions into certain events. Like, and i and i can almost see a world in which it's like you're going to have to you know there's going to have to be like sort of a merging year that exists at least for those guys to go back into normal tournaments and and maybe some of the tournaments look similar to co-sanctioned events with a DP World Tour where it's like we get x number of these uh, you know spots that are promised to live tour players and then if they play well enough in those events they accrue non-member points that can can you know get them you know special tip member type points towards making it into the 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 normal full field pgo tour events and potentially the signature events so they can keep playing their way into it but i mean i i think i think it gets really interesting when you know uh, in some of those negotiations it's it's what's going to get rewarded more in terms of live advocating for their roster of players is it going to be name brand and and and, you know value there and a lot of guys who have the best name brand are, are you know they're going to, you know, they're also the best players on the tour. But like, I think about guys like, you know, and I haven't followed it closely enough as to know if this is sustained over time, but like a a Peter Uline or a Charles Howell, who I've seen their names pop up and play well on these leaderboards, like a Brandon Grace. It's like, you know, are those guys going to get, You know, like probably not, you know, over guys who maybe have played worse on on live, but have a bigger, you know, name brand or better, you know, past PGA Tour performance like those guys will probably get first dibs going back into tour. I I don't know. This is all just a guessing game, but I do think that that folding in process gets really tricky. And then that's even before you start talking about, you know, it's like you have the existing tour pros, PGA Tour pros who are talking, you're talking about shrinking that card list. And you're talking about maintaining a pipeline for young guys to come in and live tour guys. And you have a strategic partnership with the DP World Tour and you're trying to get those guys in. And at a certain point, it's like there's just not enough seats to go around. So it, it will be very, very interesting to see how that whole thing is, is meshed and merged. Um, so uh, with all that said, we, we've this has been a, a, a long sort of 2024 preview and 2025, I guess, look ahead of sorts. You're out there in Hawaii this week. You know what are what are your thoughts on general vibes on the ground? Um, you know, a larger field, uh, threesomes instead of twosomes this year, um, and, and just the way this field's composed. You know, any any sort of thoughts on that as you, as you head out to cover the event this this week? I I think totally different
0: vibes. I really do. I mean, mm. threesomes is a it's weird here, and there's and there's so many players. I'm so used to, you know, you you kind of see everybody in the field normally because there's only. 30 or so odd players that are playing. So you, you kind of run into everybody, but now that there's shoot, I don't know how many players are even playing. Is it 50, 60 players? I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a lot because it, I haven't seen everybody this week. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so threesomes odd, even on the weekend, they're going to be in threesomes, which is, I don't, I don't like threesomes on the weekend at all. They're going to be split tees. you know, shoot, there's already, there's already guys playing right now. Like Colin cow is already on the course, <laughs> which is at 7:45 <laughs> in the morning. I mean, I can I can tell you how they're playing. It's just it's just weird to me. But uh, it was really windy uh, the last last couple of days. Like the guys have been talking about how much wind uh, there's been. So it's been really pumping. That apparently it's supposed to be a little bit lighter and variable as the week goes on, uh, but. I don't know, it it's just different. You know, it's 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 very weird. And one thing that I I have I think that the PGA two are totally airballed on this, and I was asking some questions about this in our meetings uh yesterday was so there's eight signature events and all all eight of the events besides this one have a component when we've talked about this that if you're top thirty in the official world golf rankings you are eligible for the signature events except for this one so i went down the top 30 just to see which players were left out this week at the century and it was only two and it was ryan fox and justin thomas mm. and the the answer i really got was about why they weren't allowing top 30 in the world to be here like all the other uh, eight signature events excluding this one and it was the answer was, wasn't was really great. It just said something about how this used to be the tournament of champions and that they wanted to to respect that that, that used to be the qualification. I was like, well, that kind of went out the door when, <laughs> you, <not> really. <laughs> when you made it a top 50 uh, from the FedEx Cup last year. So you've already made all these changes to the event. Why not just make it a, exactly like the, all the other signature events and keep that uh, component in there? I'm not saying that because I would because Justin's my friend. I, I think right. Justin is one of the stars of the game that he should be here. If they, if it's just like all the other signature events that has the top 30 in the world component to it. So I think Ryan Fox and JT should be here. We're already playing threesomes. It's already a pretty big field. I just think that was a, that was an air ball by the PGA tour there to, to not include that because I mean, we've already added like right. last year. It was just, it was if you won a golf tournament on the PJ Tour and you made the tour championship this year, same thing. So if you won, if you were top uh, thirty as well as if you're in the top fifty, so we added twenty extra players. What was that like? Adding two more guys, like just to me was like just they just missed yeah. on that one.
1: It's like it, it's the tournament champions, except when it's not the tournament champions. Like, no, it's but, called but the century want, this year. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's the but, century, right? But but you know you know what I'm saying like if that's the logic they're using for this one, it's like sometimes we want it to be the tournament champions, but other times it's not that. Like I think if this is going to be, um, and and, and I've heard this said like if this is the All Star Game instead of the Tournament of Champions, but it has stakes, that's totally fine as a concept. But like you know, have all the stars there and just use the same criteria. I mean, shoot, I wouldn't hate if you had some sort of a fan component of this, of like, one guy who's not here will give you like a ballot. You can vote him into the tournament, you know, to the all-star tournament you know, at the beginning Stop. of the year. I <laughs> mean, but 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 you know, if, if if it's if it's arbitrary, let's make it all the way arbitrary. Like, let's send one
0: guy. We're, we're already making up <laughs> rules as we go. It just you know, we're, you know what I'm saying. It's like I just, right. I just, I just thought no, that- but. I, we're I already mean, that, making changes yeah
1: that, it's a, it's a little absurd but i i definitely see the point you're saying which is which is just like it doesn't quite it, you know if we're following this format and also this is one of the ones where like the the next 10 didn't get into this tournament like they they got into the genesis and the AT&T but this was exempt from like I, it's it's just all oh, So maybe
0: that's one of the components too that that's another so maybe that the that's the right. other change that the next 10 guys weren't allowed to play in this one so okay maybe maybe i'm a little off in that it's just two extra guys there have been 10 so 12 extra players um at this point you were already at a pretty high field and you might as well just keep right. going
1: But like some of them are in because they won like ludwig is is 53rd you know so was third in the next 10 but he won an event so he's in you know right it, right right it's, right it's all it's everything's arbitrary and strange like let's just make it the all-star tournament and let's have a fan vote i'm sorry start, <laughs> i'm starting that right now um well, that's. I mean, unless you have any uh, other thoughts you want to leave us with as uh, you head out to the course, that's about all for us this week, I
0: think. Yeah. No, I think only other thoughts. I mean, just driving through Lahaina. Uh, mm. Once I got here to Hawaii, just I mean, just devastating what what my eyes saw. Um, we heard so many different stories from from survivors here this week that were at our compound, just telling stories about just what that day was like. And I think we're going to be touching on the story most of the week throughout the coverage, but, um, I mean, it's such a beautiful area. Anybody that's been to Maui and it's been to Lahaina specifically and the people here have always been, you know, so, so welcoming, so, so fantastic to deal with. And, um, it's such a beautiful area and it's, it's a travesty what happened. And, Mm -hmm. um, hopefully that, this week we'll be able to touch on it a little bit. I know the, the players are have different initiatives of giving back. I know Cantley's going to be wearing a hat. Uh, mm-hmm. Finau is involved, and I, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of player donations as well uh, to the community that that is is still recovering. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's I'd say probably coming into this event, there was still some conversations whether we should be here. Like, it, mm-hmm. was it too soon? And I think the sentiment has been since we've gotten here is that that the community really does. They're very happy for us to be here. So that that's nice to know hmm. that, that um, I think there's still a lot of controversies w- with the fires in itself, but still um, very happy to be here. The players are really stepping up and, and going to be giving back to the community uh, with whether it be monetization or, you know, giving back um, just a different, different charities. But overall um, I'm hoping the week goes, goes great and that, that uh, the community's, obviously come support and are happy that these players are out here supporting a lot of different their causes.
1: Yeah. And, and if you would like to support uh, the, the PGA tour and, and century are kind of joining up in those efforts. So if you, you can go to PGA uh slash support Maui. Uh, if you want to donate money to that same cause, It's been really cool to see I mean, Colin Morikawa had some really passionate, you know, comments this week about just the, the, the sort of emotional toll it took on him seeing all that, uh, and, and he's donated his time in a lot of different ways and his money and his sponsors have supported him as well this week uh, in those relief efforts. So, you know, again, that's PGA backslash support Maui, if you want to donate to those efforts. So uh, that is it for us this week. Uh, we should have some good stuff coming up for you next week as well. Recapping this tournament, hopefully with, special guests we'll see if we can kind of make that happen but uh that's all for us now uh hope you enjoyed the first PJ tour event of the 2024 season we appreciate you watching and listening and we will talk to you back here soon
0: the smiley show is part of the serious xm sports podcast network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast